0: Good morning everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. All right. Let's get started here. Well cool. Well let's pray. Lord we just we thank you for today. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your presence here this morning. And we just say Holy Spirit keep coming. We need you. We want you. We love you. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just speak today through your word, and that, Lord, that you would just give us eyes to see in Jesus' name. All right. So uh, this morning, I feel like I'm supposed to share a little bit about uh, something maybe a little different than we normally do. Um, I want to talk about specifically a certain feast in the Old Testament And, uh, now don't, don't shut down yet. (laughs) Sometimes when we get into, uh, some of the old Testament, sometimes we get like, uh, we just kind of like shut down a little bit, but I really feel like it is important for us to understand the old Testament because, you know, it's all about Jesus. And, um, you know, when The apostles, when they were preaching the gospel of the kingdom, they were preaching Jesus, Him, and and Him crucified. You know what scripture they were using? What? The Old Testament, right? Yeah? That was the scripture that they were preaching from the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Old Testament. And so it's really important for us to understand it as, and to see Jesus as we as we read the the Old Testament. And um, the Lord has been having me over the past gosh, it's been over a year now, just slowly read through the Bible. And um, I started off in Matthew. I kind of started a New Testament, went all the way through Revelation, and started from Genesis. And I'm going through, and um, just. But doing it differently. Sometimes, you know, in the past, I've read through just to kind of read through to just, hey, I've read the whole Bible, and I've I kind of got a gist of what, everything. So, But this time, I feel like the Lord's just saying, take your time. Don't, like, just rush through the chapter. Just ask questions. Sit down with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to teach you and unravel and unveil the Word of God. And and uh, and I'll be honest, man, I've it took me, like maybe three months to get through Genesis, and just every day, just getting more and more stuff from the Lord, and just, you know, and I've read Genesis, I don't know how many times, you know, and um, and right now, I'm still in Exodus, actually, um, so I've been reading Exodus, gosh, it's been at least a month and a half or so, and, you know, as I was praying about what was on the Lord's heart to speak uh, this morning. I had a couple things uh, stirring around, but he highlighted the feasts. I I just recently have been reading through the feasts in uh, Exodus chapter 23. It's kind of really one of the first mentions of kind of the three mandatory feasts that um, the Israelite men were, were supposed to 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 gather together and to celebrate together, and um, and I feel like it, he was highlighting it because it's a, a prophetic picture of things that have taken place already. But I also believe it's a prophetic picture for us now, within even our body, and I believe in the church and a greater whole as a greater the greater body of Christ. You know what I mean? Not just us, Morningstar Wilmington, and um, and so. I'm going to go through it a little bit just so we have a a foundation of what these uh, feasts were about. I'm really going to go heavy more into uh, the Feast of the Harvest. But um, how many of you guys know what the three feasts are, the three mandatory feasts are for kind of the, they call them the major feasts. Does anybody know what they are? Shout them out if you know them. Tabernacles, also known as the in gathering, right? Very good. What's another one? What's that? Passover. So the Passover is interesting. It's not necessarily a feast, but it is an observance of what took place at the Passover. But it's tightly connected to. Well, what's the other feast that's tightly connected to? It happens right after it. Now. Pentecost is is it, but what's right after Passover? You get you guys, anybody now? Unleavened bread, that's right. So the Feast of the Unleavened bread. All right, so this is a lot of Jewish stuff going on here, and I'm not Jewish, so um, I had to do a lot of research on my own to just kind of, you know, find out what it's all about and, and just ask Holy Spirit to give me revelation of what it's all about, and I, I'm not going to get too deep in it. I mean, you can get super deep in this, and I really believe that, that you know, in the future, I'm, uh, the Lord wants me to, to share on the feast of the Passover and unleavened bread, because, um, there's tremendous revelation in G- of Jesus in that and um, and i think it's important for us to to know it for the sake of of sharing the gospel and uh, that might sound weird because you know you talk to somebody on the on the you know at Walmart or something who's not jewish they're going to be like passover or what blood what you know but i feel like that that we're going to the lord's going to really give us a revelation of this feast, and it's gonna to translate to evangelism. And because it's the message of the cross, you know, mm-hmm. Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread is the message of the cross. And, um, anyways, so I wanna go over those three a little bit. So if you got your Bibles, let's turn to Exodus 23. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just highlight Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then um, I want to really get into the, the Feast of the Harvest. All right. So we're going to be in Exodus 23, verse 14. All right. It says, three times a year you shall celebrate a feast to me. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For seven days you are to eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you, at the appointed time in the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. Also you shall observe the feast of the harvest, of the first fruits of the labors, from what you sow in the field. Also the feast of the ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in the fruit of your labors from the field. Okay, so so just kind of, I'm gonna go walk through these a little bit and then we'll kind of go a little bit deeper. So the Passover was celebrated the day right before the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, okay? And you guys know the Passover, well, if you don't know, the Passover symbolizes the cross. So you had this lamb, that a male lamb that was brought into the home, each home of the Israelites, right? And they were supposed to sacrifice it, take some of the blood, and mark the doorpost. So you guys know, a lot of you guys know this already. But I'm going to go through this because some of you guys don't know what this is. Okay? And then they would eat the lamb, and they would leave none of it till morning, you know, in the morning. they would, They would eat it all. And they would mark the, uh, you know, the doorposts with the blood of that lamb so that at night when the destroyer came or the angel of death and came and really brought judgment to Egypt, when it saw the blood on the post, right, it would pass over, right? And so that's why we get the word Passover. Okay. I know this is a lot of review for you guys, but please, some of us, some people here don't know what all this stuff is. And, um, and obviously, this symbolizes and prophesies the coming of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and this, the blood is what covers us and forgives us of our sins so that that we move from death to life, right? That we aren't judged for our sins, right? And um, so that was the Passover, there's a lot in the Passover. I don't want to get into it today, but I encourage you, dig into it. It's awesome, okay? But this was the symbol of the cross, right? I believe they even like, you know, when you're putting on doorposts, I bet they were like literally marking the cross on the doorposts, you know? Uh, if you look at doorposts, it's sort of cross there, right? And um, so that's what the the Feast of of well, what the what the Passover was—that is what they were celebrating in the Last Supper. Jesus was celebrating. They were eating um, unleavened bread. And interesting enough, if you guys ever look at unleavened bread, you ever see the Jewish unleavened bread? Everybody know what it looks like—the matzah or what they call it, right? What's it look like? Just like a flat, flat cracker. And w- w- what else? Do you guys? Can anybody describe it? It's got little holes in it. It was pierced. And it also has these stripes, these burn marks on it, these stripes. Isn't that funny? Most of the Jews have no idea. They're making this bread all the time, you know, and they're getting ready for Passover, and they're literally looking at the, the body of Jesus. The sinless, right? It had no yeast in it, so it was sinless because yeast symbolizes sin. Leaven symbolizes sin, and it was pierced and wounded and striped. That's pretty crazy. Okay, we can get real deep in this. We're not going there today. Okay, help me, Lord. I like this stuff. I think, I mean, I love to learn about Jesus, right? Because this is all about Jesus. So anyway, let's move forward. Uh, there's tons of stuff here. Okay, uh, so this the Passover was celebrated. Then they did a seven-day feast of unleavened bread, which symbolizes... This, okay, they were set free from the power of sin and the enemy, because Pharaoh was a symbol of Satan, okay? He was a, a type of Satan. His power was broken over, and not just broken, but like driven into the ground. I mean, the, you know, if you read that story of Pharaoh, Pharaoh was beaten up over and over and over again, right, with all those plagues, and even after the, the last plague, where the Passover took place, where the firstborn sons were, were killed if the blood wasn't on your door, it says that God even tempted Pharaoh to come back out and chase the Israelites so he could do what? So he could utterly destroy Pharaoh and his army right? At the, at the Red Sea. Do you guys remember this? He tempted, it says God tempted Pharaoh. Come on out. Come on out. We're going to finish this thing. Not only am I going to set them free from your control and your slavery, I am going to utterly destroy you and your power. So he tempts Pharaoh to come out, and Mo- Moses is like hanging out the Red Sea. Lord, come on, what's going on? And then, you know, he gets some of the instructions. He parts the sea, they cross. It was a trap. It's a trap, right? And uh, so Pharaoh's army goes after him. And then you guys know the story. Whoosh! Just completely, utterly destroys God's people's enemy. This is a, a type and a symbol of what Jesus did on the cross. That's powerful. It had so many, I mean, a picture's worth a thousand words, that that just like, man, Lord, you utterly destroyed. Lord, you didn't just like beat them up and set us free. I mean, you took them out to the, I mean, you just utterly destroyed them. So be encouraged, man, this is the power of the cross. This is the message of the cross. Okay, so the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a celebration of that, is of them leaving Egypt so fast that they weren't even letting the, the bread uh, you know, rise from the leaven, that they, they made bread beforehand, and they, they, they were exodus, right? They were leaving um, Egypt in slavery and their, the control of Pharaoh over their lives so that they could have this new life and they could worship God freely, and that they could enter into this promise of God for their life. Okay, so man, we can get really deep into that. Either I know I'm sorry I'm taking a lot of time on this, but these it's just it is so awesome. Okay, so and I'm I'm laying a foundation here. Trust me. <laughs> All right. So, and obviously I, I got to share this one. This is this is awesome. Okay. Um, uh, you know obviously. Jesus is... uh, No, Moses was a type for Jesus, right? What did Moses say? There's going to be a prophet like me that's going to come after me. And you're to listen to him and follow him. Even so much so that at the Mount Transfigurations, I'm going to read this real quick, in Luke 9, 28, about... You guys don't need to turn there, but I'm just going to read it. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, James with him and went up to the mountain to pray. And as he was praying... The appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. In verse 31, they spoke about his departure. Do you know what that word means in the Greek? Departure. I heard it. Exodus. Who said that? Yeah, yeah, that's right on. Exodus. Do you realize? Do you guys ever wonder, man, what were they talking about? You know, when Elijah and, and Moses were hanging out with Jesus, the out, Transfigured, they were talking about his departure, his exodus. Who else helped with an exodus? Moses. Isn't that crazy? So they were talking, I bet they were hanging out and talking about, yeah, I remember, Jesus, when you were, like, helping me out, like, you know, parting the Red Sea and stuff like that, and I know you're going to be doing, you're going to be a fulfillment of everything that I did. When you die on that cross, your departure, your exodus of you paying the price and then bringing everybody with you out of the slavery of sin and death, isn't that awesome? Okay, we're getting deep here. Let's, let's keep going. But um, So Moses was a type of Jesus. So all of these things are pointing to Jesus. They're, pointing, they're prophesying to something coming, right? So the next fe- uh, feast that we're to talk about, and we're going to uh, dive deep into a little bit, uh, not too deep. We, yeah, we, we, got, we got a little bit. Okay, it's the Feast of the Harvest. Okay, it's got many names. And I just want to go through this and just establish this real quick. So it's, it, it's called the Feast of the Harvest, or the Feast of the Harvest of fruits. And it's also, and we read that in Exodus 23, and in Exodus 34, it calls it the Feast of Weeks. Okay, now they call it the Feast of Weeks because it was seven weeks after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, 50 days all right? So after this Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover Unleavened Bread, this, this symbol of the cross, the symbol of being set free from sin and being a slave to sin and the control of the enemy on our lives, we have 50 days later, there's another feast that they're celebrating and it's called the, the Feast of the Harvest, okay? And specifically, it's, it's the Feast of the Wheat Harvest. Okay, and, um, and we can get into, I'm not going to get into it. We can get deep in this, but read it on your own. Leviticus 23:15 describes what they're supposed to do. They basically were, were going to take two loaves of leavened bread and uh, wave it before the Lord, and then there would be sacrifices of animals, um, but all this is pointing to Jesus. All this is pointing to the harvest, okay, this is Leviticus twenty-three, fifteen. You guys read that on your own time, but um, and maybe we'll get deep into it another day. But for right now, obviously we know this feast as the feast of Pentecost, right? Penta mean five or fifty. I mean, penta mean fifty. I'm thinking Pentagon, right? So, <laughs> so fifty days after. Okay. And we all know that this was a fulfillment. This was, this was fulfilled in Acts 2 and verse 1. And what it says, when the day of Pentecost came or fully came. So this feast, the, Israel, uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people, they would celebrate this once a year. And it was 50 days after uh, you know, Unleavened Bread Passover season. And they would all come to Jerusalem and to the temple and they would do these sacrifices. They would bring their bread, they would do these sacrifices, and, um, and it was symbolizing and a celebration of the harvest, but specifically the wheat harvest. And I think it's very interesting that, that it's the wheat harvest because this, can anybody remember a scripture where Jesus is talking about wheat, about wheat and the harvest? Wheat and the tares, he talked about it a lot. I believe he was specifically pointing to this fe- this festival, this feast. You guys remember in, in John 4, what did he say to the disciples after he just ministered to the woman of the well? Do you guys remember? Yeah. I have food that you don't know about to do the will of my father. And what did he say right after that? The field is white for harvest. I believe he was specifically pointing to the feast of the harvest and specifically pointing to Pentecost coming as a fulfillment of this feast. All right. Let's see what we got. So... We do let's go, let's move to that actual fulfillment of that piece in Acts two, verse one. So you've got, let's set the scene here. You've got the, the disciples, right? They're hanging out in the upper room. And um, Jesus told them don't, don't go anywhere until I give you some power because you're afraid and you know, you just you need Holy Spirit. And um, and uh, you've got all of these Jews that are dispersed all throughout the region, and they're all coming into one place to celebrate this uh, festival uh, of the harvest. And um, the timing of all this, I mean, gosh, you can't, God, like, he He set this whole thing in, into motion, like, probably before the the beginning of time, where, like, where it just so happens that when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit takes place, that that the uh, and the harvest begins, the first fruits of this harvest begins. He's got all of Israel here in one place, and um, so and you guys know the story. I'm going to read a little bit of about, about it. You know, um, the Holy Spirit is poured out; they are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, empowered. And, you know, they begin to speak in tongues, and everybody's kind of like, what's all this craziness going on? Man, why are they drunk? It's like 9 in the morning. And, you know, you guys know the story. I'm not going to go too far into it. But then Peter stands up, and he begins to preach, right? And I think this is important to tell, too. Where did he preach from? He He preached from the Old Testament. And he was specifically saying this is a fulfillment of Joel 2. And then he began to unpack all kinds of other things, talking about David and the pro- David prophesying of this, talking about specifically pointing all of these things to one man, this man, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified and who is alive. Okay? And then you guys know the story. But I'm going to read it because I love this. This is Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself." And then I like this verse, it's funny. And with many other words, he solemnly testified. (laughs) Those words weren't important. (laughs) No, they were, but you know what I'm saying. Um, So, and then 3,000 of them were added to this day, okay? This was a picture of the first fruits of the harvest, the wheat harvest, the soul harvest, the spiritual harvest. This was a fulfillment. This was literally taking place Picture this. There are people hanging out at the temple on this very day, waving their loaves of bread, and they're doing all these animal sacrifices. And on the very same day, the promise is given with the Holy Spirit, and the 3,000 are like those loaves of bread. They are the first fruits of this harvest that has started on in Acts 2, and it is continuing to the very end, to the third feast, which we're not going to get into today, but the third feast, which was what? Do you guys remember? Tabernacles, or also what it's called the Feast of Ingathering, and it's the harvest at the end of the age when Jesus prophesied and he talked about how the angels would come and they would reap the harvest, the judgment. That, 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 that feast has not been fulfilled yet, but It's coming. And I think it's soon, honestly. And I feel like, um, so we are currently, I believe, in this, this the feast of the, the harvest, if you want to think in prophetic terms, because, but, and it's ever increasing. So the first fruits of it were the 3,000 on Pentecost. And then all of history for the past 2,000 years, more and, more and more and more and more and more and more of the harvest has been coming in. And it was kind of interesting, like this this year was like the best year. Like we 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 tried gardening when we first uh, moved here uh, in Wilmington, and we're from up north. And so we were just expecting, you, know, you stick in the ground, it grows, right? You just kind of. And uh, we when we first started, we were, and we only had, I think we only had one, we only had Annabelle at that point. So we only had one of them to like run around and chase and take care of and oh my gosh i don't think we got anything that year maybe a really sad looking tomato or something <laughs> like the bugs here are crazy i mean like i mean let alone the cockroaches but like they like man, we don't have cockroaches up north i mean or at least we don't have them like here my gosh and um so like but like you know, so we 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 barely got anything, you know, because our our land is completely sand, like literally. We don't even topsoil in our yard. Uh, when people like put grass down, they have to put topsoil, tops top soil, top See, I'm getting, I've been down south too long. It's like when I first moved down here, that was like top topsoil, soil and it top sale? What are you talking about? You know, are they talking about top topsoil island or whatever they <laughs> Top soil and that top sail. <laughs> well, see, you know, that's when you know I've been here long enough. So I'm starting to talk like that, but anyway, uh, where was I? All right, yeah, so we were trying to, uh, so yeah, we were trying to garden, and man, it was terrible. It was no, we were so defeated. I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. This is the worst, and um, that's the worst, and then, um, yeah, exactly. So we recently, the past couple years, uh, really, I guess it was two years because we, we, we started, I made these beds for Heather, and I was like, Heather, I'm not, I'm just going to, I'll build the beds, get some dirt for you, but you do the, the gardening thing because I'm just, I was so defeated <laughs> from the last time. I was like, there's no hope here. I mean, gosh, because we want to do it organic, you know what I mean? Like my, my Not my, my co- co-worker, he's like, oh, just get some seven dust and just throw that stuff all over. <laughs> So I was like, seven dust? Does? Well, that doesn't sound right. Like, what's seven dust? It's like, what's in seven dust? He's like, I don't know, it works. You know, I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, but we, so, so Heather, I built some beds for Heather. She put the dirt in there, she put some uh, tomatoes in there and uh and stuff and we and we did pretty decent you know the bug still came and it destroyed our zucchini and like you know those vine borer nasty things or whatever they are and um and i was like okay wow that's pretty good that's pretty good right and then so the uh this past year so the girls have a bunny rabbit and uh i think rayleigh and melissa i don't know where they are but they gave me gave us some good advice like man put that stuff in your garden and um, and if you guys have ever had a bunny, I mean, that's all that bunny does, you know. <laughs> and I, and so we joke with her we're like she she's earning her keep, right? <laughs> so like you know, <laughs> and so anyway, this year it was awesome. Oh my gosh, it was like ridiculous. We had, yeah. And my point to this whole story. <laughs> It's like, at the very beginning, when we first started harvesting, we had a little bit. You know, we had a little bit. We had a couple cucumbers and, you know, a couple peppers, stuff like that. And But as the harvest season went on, we started getting more and more and more. Oh, my gosh. We had so many cucumbers. And, like, our kids eat tons of cucumbers. I mean, we spend probably hundreds of dollars on cucumbers. I'm not exaggerating because we get the organic kind. You know, we go to Costco and get the big pack. But um but they couldn't even eat all of them. <laughs> Heather started canning stuff and doing all this, you know. I was like, man, we're now we're preppers now. <laughs> and um I gotta buy some ammo and then I'm I'm on the bandwagon wagon, right? <laughs> Anyways, you should buy some ammo if you <laughs> But um but anyway, uh so we um I mean, it just was more and more. And we had so many peppers, so many jalapeno peppers. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. But it was, the Lord spoke to me through it. He was like, Paul, this is like the harvest of souls. It started at Pentecost. You had this first fruits, the first 3,000. That was like kind of maybe our first couple peppers and cucumbers. And then as the, the season, the harvest season went on, I mean, we were just, it was getting more and more and more and more and more until we just hadn't had so much we didn't Heather's can and everything. But this is a prophetic picture of the harvest that we're in right now that started at Pentecost. That it's going to get more and more and more and more and more as time goes on, as we get closer and closer to the last feast. And um, and I believe we're in that season here. We've been talking a lot about this over the past even, what, year, two years now, right? Um, about the harvest and about this catch that is coming, this great catch that is coming. You guys remember Luke 5, Peter and Andrew's boat, that we're not even going to be able to contain the catch, that we're going to need to call our partners, the Zebedee brothers over here and start filling their boat up. And and all the churches in Wilmington are going to be so filled, like we don't know what to do and um, that we're gonna be, well, we'll know what to do. We're gonna be cleaning fish. You guys are gonna get dirty, i tell you right now. And I told you guys that story about, you know, did I tell you guys that story about uh, when we got that huge thing of fish? I told, I think the prophetic teams, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, it was the Lord kind of like just messing with me, but you know, cause me and the boys, we went out, we got this big tub of fish, if you guys didn't, I didn't tell you that story, I mean, just given to us, it was awesome. And um, like, you know, deep sea fish, like, you know, snapper and all this other stuff. And then me and the boy, I was like, all right, boys, let's go. Let's get to work. So me and the boys, we went out back and uh, I gave them their their scaling spoons. You know, spoon's a great tool for, for scaling fish, you don't know. And we just like, we're scaling fish, cleaning fish. I mean, a bunch of fish. And we had, the boys like had scales all over them. I was in my, I I literally the next day, I was like digging in my ear, you know, itch my ear. I'm like, what in the world? I took a shower. This thing is, I mean, it got everywhere. (laughs) But this is a prophetic picture of the harvest. You think it's going to be fun and games? Oh, it's going to be fun and games, but it's going to be work. And it's, but it's going to be good work because it's going to be food, you know, um, so anyway, what does this have to do with everything, Paul? Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right, I do want to delve deep into this a little bit about specifically this, this feast that, that we're currently in, the Feast of the Harvest. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to, to Luke 1.8, because let's see what Jesus says about this. Actually, let's turn to Luke 24 first, I'm sorry. We'll start at Luke 24, verse 45. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this day, that day of Pentecost when it fully came. So this is Luke twenty four forty five, and it said, I love this scripture. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Isn't that awesome? You know, you guys, I, I just want to encourage you with that verse. You guys have the same Holy Spirit living inside of you that will open up. The scriptures to you, as you read them. Okay, so I encourage you guys to invite Holy Spirit to do that as you read it. So verse forty six, and he said to them, "Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of My Father upon you." But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Okay, so let's jump now to Acts 1, verse 8. So it's only a couple, uh, oh yeah, it's a book over and you know. But you will receive, this is Jesus talking to them before the ascension, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and, and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Okay. So I want to dig into this a little bit. So you guys help me out. Talk to me here. What is the purpose for the disciples to receive power? What did Jesus say? To be witnesses. To be witnesses of what specifically? What were they being witnessed to? You, I'm, and I'm I'm doing this on purpose because we use this like Christianese all the time. We don't even know what it means. What what are we supposed to be a witness for or who? Jesus' resurrection. Let's put these put, let's put these two together here because sometimes there's a disconnect. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, who, you know, he's God was to be a witness specifically of his resurrection from the dead, that he is alive, that he is king of kings, that he is Lord of lords, that he is ruler over all. He's not dead, that when he died on the cross, he was resurrected and he's alive. He's operating even now today. He's working. That is why the Holy Spirit was poured out. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's one of the the main reasons. Sometimes, and I'm saying that because is the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the body? Of course they are, We, we preach it all the time. You know, It is better that you prophesy so that you can build up the church, right? That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. But the main and the first and foremost reason was to be a witness to the resurrected Jesus Christ, that he is alive, he's living inside of us, and he's moving and he's working and he's in charge. That he's king. That he utterly defeated the enemy at the Red Sea picture. Not only did he beat him up through the plagues, but he utterly destroyed the enemy. That's what Colossians says that the cross defeated and stripped the enemy of his power. All power, it literally says, all there. So don't let him trick you into thinking that he's got power. Now, the only power he does have is the one that, that we delegate or give to him. So um, so this is really important to understand this. Because a lot of times in the church, especially the charismatic church, we can sometimes become internal with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we just kind of, we operate them only on Sunday mornings or only on home groups or only, you know, when we're with believers, you know what I mean? But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit was to be a witness that Jesus is alive, he is living, he's in charge, he is king of all things, that every knee will bow to him. And... Um, this is the key here, connection with the harvest, because we aren't supposed to do this harvest without, you know, on our own strength, or on our own power, or on our own really good ideas, or our own really good, you know, uh, evangelism, like, uh, I don't know, plans and, <laughs> you know, all these things. Now, not all those things are good. Now, organization is good, Okay. Don't get me wrong, but, like, sometimes if we get stuck there without including the Holy Spirit in our organizing and our putting together these evangelistic crusades and all this other stuff, like, we just totally, like, forget, oh, wait, we need the, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God to be displayed to be the witness that Jesus is still alive. So don't get me wrong, like, you know... We need people. <laughs> I'm a project manager. Trust me. We need organization. <laughs> um, but we need Holy Spirit. We need his ideas. We need his wisdom on how to plan out these things. So anyway. Um, all right. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the empowering of the believer to be a witness of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And... Um, and I feel like the Lord's like encouraging us during this season. I don't think it's an accident. I think we had I think we had multiple like outreach stuff going on this week. Um, I'm forgetting one of them, but uh, you know the some of us like uh, went out yesterday to the Latino festival uh, at Ogden Park to do some just ministry, just see what the Holy Spirit wanted to do, and to be a witness. <laughs> But to be a witness of Jesus Christ, of him being alive, that he's operating, that he's real, that he's powerful, you know. And uh, we saw some really cool stuff take place. And I'm sure you guys went out um, uh, last night at the downtown. I'm sure you guys saw awesome stuff going on. And I don't think it's, it's accident that this stuff's you know, happening um, you know, right now. And I feel like we're supposed to continue to do this. And if anything, I feel like the Lord in this message is encouraging us to kind of get outside of what our thinking is about the harvest is there are ripe people walking around all around us. They're ripe. And, they, and that we, empowered by the Holy Spirit, can be the ambassadors of Christ And literally be like the hands of God reaching to these people, appealing to them, be reconciled to God. He loves you. He is literally reaching through me, this body, and he's reaching out to you in love and in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring you into his kingdom. And a really cool thing took place. uh, A bunch of cool stuff took place. We had had Nunezes showing up. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, James came out, and uh, Annabelle and I and Charlene were out there. I'm trying to remember who else was out there. Am I missing anybody? Ju- yeah, Julia Nunez. Yeah, Julia and Janice. Oh, yeah, yeah, Andreas was out there. Yeah, yeah, we needed some translators now. I'll tell you one thing. My my Spanish was rusty. Gosh, Um but it was coming back. I'm telling you, it was coming back. I was like, Hola, me llamo Pablo. <laughs> that means hi, my name's Paul. <laughs> I heard somebody say, What? Huh? <laughs> Armando. It means my T one. I don't know what it means. <laughs> anyway, so so it was awesome. Like and and this was like, I mean, the whole day. Uh I was just reminded of the Feast of the Harvest. And um, one, one time we were we were just, you know, hanging out, and um, and we just kind of like asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, who's ripe? Who's ripe? And we would just kind of like ask the Holy Spirit, who are you ministering to? Who's ready? Who's ready right now? Who's white with the harvest? And, um, and then we would kind of like people, you know, we'd just operating the prophetic and kind of just listen to the Holy Spirit. And, uh, there was this one, one young lady, she was pregnant, real, super pregnant. And, um, uh, um, Charlene got a word for her and it's like, okay, okay. I got something for that lady right over there across the way over there. I was like, okay, cool. Let's go over there. All right. Andreas, come on. We need you, man. <laughs> and, um, so we went over there and, uh, Charlene gave her this prophetic word about uh how the Lord wanted to to um to basically remove anxiety from her life. And um and you know, cool thing was that she spoke English. She was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll English or whatever. And we're like, okay, cool, cool. So we were able to kind of talk with her and um and the Lord was giving me this thing about him being her, her provider, and I shared that with her, and she was real receptive. She was like, Yeah, yeah, you know, and and then um and I, I, I kept hearing this saying in my heart. And I began to feel it too. It was like I heard the, the father. He was saying, This is my daughter. She doesn't know me yet, but I want her to know me. And I just kept hearing that over and over again. And um and I just straight up asked her, I was like, Well, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And she's like, Well, no, you know. And I was like, Well, okay, well, do you want to know Jesus? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, will you pray with me, you know? And then I just prayed with her to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And um, we just blessed her, encouraged her to get connected to the to the churches, you know, in, in the area here. And um, But it all started with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power through the prophetic word. You guys see that? The harvest... When Charlene prophesied to her, when I shared the word to her, we were witnessing. We weren't just doing something cool and, you know, reading her mail. We were witnessing to her that Jesus Christ is alive because we're doing something supernaturally that we don't have the power and our own natural ability to do, but He does, and He's working through us to be a witness that he's alive and he's literally reaching out to you through us. And that she was ripe for the harvest. And um, I really believe, and I'll be honest, this was probably one of the easiest times I've ever led anybody to the Lord. <laughs> do you Annabelle was there and she she was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I was like, really? Okay, yeah, let's do this, you know, <laughs> You know, there's no back and forth, and I, well, I don't know if I, you know, I, you know, I, whenever, sometimes when you witness with people, are just kind of, I'm not ready. I don't know if I believe this part of the Bible. Not, you know, get no. She was just wide open. She was ripe. And there's so many people out there, and I'm telling you, this is going to increase, where people are literally going to be jumping into our boats. I I told you guys that story the other day when, um, when we were down in Newburn. And um, and I went out to go look on the water and I heard this flopping around and there was this giant fish that jumped out of the water onto the deck right in front of me. <laughs> and uh, and I it was giant. I mean, like I was thinking like it was gonna be this little thing. I mean, okay, it wasn't giant. I'm giving my fish story, but it was like, it was like a big mullet looking big eyed thing. I don't even know. What, I think it was a mullet a Popeye mullet or something like that anyway. And like I brought it over to the kids, or but the Lord spoke to me immediately and He said, Paul, they're going to be jumping out of the water into your boat. That's what's coming. And it's not because of our good programs, it's not going to be because of, you know, we have our act together. I'll be honest, it's because it's going to be a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. And because we have been praying for this to come for many years. For there to be a third great awakening, it's going to be a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit where he's going to bring conviction upon hearts. People will be broken over their sin. They will literally see their unsaved state with the Lord and it will break their heart with conviction and sorrow. The same thing that happened in the Jonathan, Ed, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakenings, these things would happen when the Holy Spirit would fall, a spirit of conviction would come upon them. People were broken. They were literally like Acts two, where they were saying, "What must we do to be saved? We are in such a wretched state without Jesus. It's coming, so get ready. All hands on deck, right? <laughs> That's what we've been saying. And so I feel like the Holy Spirit's encouraging you guys this morning. Let's think outside of the church box. The gifts that you're operating in and the gifts that we've been equipping you guys to walk in, these things aren't just for Sunday morning. They're just, they're actually for your neighbors. They're actually for your coworkers. They're actually for the pregnant lady at the Latino festival. And... um, yeah, I mean James had a crazy uh uh thing go on at the uh um the ice cream scoop thing. <laughs> that was a crazy crazy testimony too. I mean we just saw God doing stuff because we just all we did was it's nothing about us. We just stepped out and God did the rest, really. We just kinda stood out there and opened our mouth. You know? And um so I, I feel like we are in this feast of the harvest and I feel like we are supposed to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness to the resurrected Jesus Christ because that is what the world is looking for he is the desire of the nations Jesus is the desire there is nobody like him if we demonstrate in power in love this resurrected Jesus Christ to the world I mean, there will be people who will reject him, totally. But there are many who will say, I want to know him. I've been looking for him my whole life. Help me know him. Okay? So, um... All right, so um, let's pray. We're going to have, um, we're going to do a little bit of ministry, but let's just pray about this. And I, I'm encouraging you guys, especially you guys that have been really seeking after this thing. And I'm, uh, this message hopefully is an encouragement to you that your prayers are being answered, that people are, the harvest is coming, and we're seeing even more and more of it. And I'm encouraging you, and maybe we need to to coordinate something where we bring the prophetic ministry teams out to a Saturday uh, night where we do something like in coordination where we just, we just do what we did at the Latino Festival or the other festivals. Maybe we'll do some more of those types of outreach type things. But I, I believe it's time for us. We've been, we've been kind of in a season of really equipping and training and practicing the gifts, specifically around the prophetic. I think it's time for us to start stepping out and start using them and just see what God does. You know, a lot of times we kind of wait until we were prayed up. Oh wait, I remember. You know, I remember at a ministry school, they would just throw us out there. I mean, we had people that just got out of jail a couple, <laughs> a couple months earlier, <laughs> and that the school of ministry, this is a morning star, They're just like, all right, guys, you got to get out there. You're going to do this stuff. We you know we trained you. Now get out there and just do it. And some people were just kind of like, what, what, wait, what, how? I mean. <laughs> But it was awesome. I mean, and then, you know, some of us were like, oh, man, I got to spend like five hours in prayer and fasting first before I go outside. And, you know, and it's like, no, just go. Just go. Open your mouth. See what the Lord does. It's not going to be you anyways. It's going to be him in you reaching through you to touch the person. He's the one who's healing that person. He's the one who's giving them words of knowledge and words of wisdom and words of prophecy. He's the one who's doing it inside of you. So just show up. And so when we would do that, he would show up and we would be like, oh my gosh, God showed up. What in the world? <laughs> and it was awesome. You know, we were honestly, most people were surprised. <laughs> you know, I was a little surprised yesterday when, I, when the lady was just like, yeah, I want to know Jesus. It's like, well, it was easy. Okay, let's do this. But um, so let's pray. I I just want to pray, and we'll do some some ministry. Come if you want. Lord, we just we we thank you for the privilege of being your witness. The privilege of carrying your Holy Spirit in us and as being an ambassador to the world, to reaching out to people, Lord, that need you, that want to know you, that are ripe for harvest. Lord, we want to know you better, and we want you to be known. So I just pray, Father, that you would just continue. Lord, I don't know, I just ask for a grace for us to be able to see who is ripe for the harvest. And, Father, that you would give us boldness by the Holy Spirit to just step out and see what you would do. And, Father, we're just asking for more and more opportunities. And, Lord, I just thank you that you're so gracious with us. You take us little by little into these things. And I just pray, Lord, for those who've never done this stuff before, that, Lord, that you would just, Holy Spirit, you would just guide them little by little, step by step into being a witness, that you're alive, that you're all-powerful, that you're full of love, and that you're actively moving in our city, in our workplace, in our neighborhood. Help us to see it, Lord. Help us to see it, Lord. You said to look up at the, at the harvest that is white. Help us to see the harvest, Give us a heart for the harvest. Holy Spirit, enable us to see. And Lord, I just thank you that you are in us and you've given us the tools to reap this harvest. In Jesus' name.